We are on Filling the Kid podcast. Now, it might not be called that for too long. So we got to change the name. It has something to do with uh, the fact that nobody could find us because whenever you search us, you find Dr. Phil with 14-year-old girls. Not necessarily always girls, but like 12-year-old Dr. Phil and children and their problems and that's just not even though it's pretty similar to what this is right now it's the old man with you know the up and coming young i'm 30 (laughs) i'm like a child still you're just an infant i'm I'm just i'm just playing but you can definitely notice the new setup here it looks pretty pretty nice can they notice it if they're listening to the audio version though oh yeah snap i can't believe i can still do that that's so like 2005 i have tennis elbow now Fuck off! I haven't even played. Yeah, tell us, uh, tell tell me about all your new tennis tennis skills. Yeah, there, so uh, bud. I, I decided. So I, I was really thinking about this, and with cases rising, and especially with winter coming, winter is coming. Thanks, John. You know nothing, John Snow. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyways, yeah, with winter coming, and I was like, what is everybody going to do for this winter? Right now, we go outside. We go for a walk. We go to a patio. You can you can literally know, spend time outside. New, but once uh, winter, new World of Warcraft expansion is coming out. It's literally so. it's going to be gaming. That's, that's it, it, right? So I was I, I was thinking to myself, I need to find a new hobby to do. That's not real estate twenty four seven. Even though that's what I do, and it's still going to probably be real estate. Break 24/7. it up a little bit. Twenty four. I, I need to do six, something where 20, exactly twenty seven. Excuse me. That was so we just ordered. Also, we just ordered Papa John's and just crushed it. You and, can't order Papa John's in twenty twenty, bro. <laughs> you get yeah. canceled for eating Papa John's. Hey, the day of reckoning is oh, coming. Oh Jesus! That's an inside joke. If anybody saw the interview with Papa John, that's. Uh, anyway. Oh my God, my my body's making weird noises. I'm sorry, everybody. It's because you, you ate garlic, garlic uh, butter butter for dipping sauce. Yeah, it's so good. That's but, vile. So I was I was looking I was looking at places to get a membership into so I can play some winter sports and uh, decided. I found one. Gonna get into tennis and uh, the gym and maybe maybe the pool because there's a pool there too. And uh, maybe I'm gonna become a swimmer, even though I swim lengths. I, honestly, swimming to me has never made sense. Spiro Phelps. Spiro Phelps. I don't have the. First of all, my body shape is not of a swimmer. It's more of a sitter. I like to sit and play video games or sit in front of a computer. Let's see. So that's the first issue. Second issue. I never understood swimming. Why would you ever put yeah. yourself in a life and death, life or death situation, and be like, "This is so much fun"? Because, like, what else are you gonna? You can not swim. Do you not run faster when you're being chased? Do you not swim better when you could die? I mean, there's no time you're swimming where you can't die. Think about it. If at any point in time you're just like, "Ah, I'm done." I mean, if you have like a seizure in a four foot, I don't want to think about this. This thought has crossed my mind. I before. guess. How are you? How are you uh, gonna die in like a resort little like right, four foot so swim up bar? How's your week been, man? Uh, <laughs> well, you don't want to. You don't want to talk about swimming anymore. I don't like talking about any <laughs> health injury in a pool. It stresses me out. What about like repairing your old hips and knees after surgery? That's pools are great for that. Yeah, shallow ends. Yeah, you can't die. Well, I mean, you could in theory. What are you gonna do in a deep end? Drown. You're gonna float. You're gonna float You're gonna or drown. Tread water. That you're gonna dive. So Diving's how fun. how was your week? <laughs> it was wild. I'm not gonna lie. The first uh, first little bit, I don't even remember what it's been. We had a listing go up today. That's cool. Uh, holla holla! I guess it's boy. been it's been two weeks since we shot our last yeah, one. So I think we were we were yeah in last the midst of Reno exactly last, last week. week. Phil had some more uh, tradespeople come in to fix something in the uh, in the studio, and uh, we could we couldn't shoot. So kind of called a house. It's called a basement. Yeah. We're in the basement. Yeah. But we call it a studio, so we sound better. That's fair. Right? And it looks pretty dope now. It does look pretty dope, yeah, actually. Yeah, for, for you that haven't, uh, or you were listening to the podcast and not watch watching. The, watch the clips. Maybe, so. yeah, you know, follow me on Instagram, at Spiro Vriselis, or follow Phil at Phil... Dot, wait, no, that's not it. Phil G. Dot, dot R-E. R-E. How do I know it and you don't? Yeah, I don't know. Well, follow one of us, or Phil and the Kid, but... We haven't been posting. We should much, probably do some some drops on the kid. Yeah, the so field. I think Andre's gonna probably take a hold of that one, but we haven't even talked to him about it. He just looked at me like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "I'm doing one now." <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, the place looks awesome. Oh yeah, 
it's it's dope now. Yeah. We can we have proper lighting. You can see my face. I'm blind during this whole episode. I don't even know what I'm looking at right now because there's so much fucking light in here. You're looking um, at one handsome devil. Gee, I hope you're like I hope you're just green screened out because your fucking <laughs> whole color blue. match situation. I know there's a lot of all blue you see is here. a floating head and a couple my of hat. arms. It's not even just a my eyes and my check. Yeah, uh, it's okay. I didn't plan this. Cheers, man. So this has been me. a good year. I think been. it's been. I can't complain about practically exactly a year since we started this. Mm-hmm. Only what is it? Fourteen episodes, something like that. This is fifteen. This is fifteen. Episode fifteen. We're more than one a month. More than one a month on average. Yes, but assuming. we should be doing more, and we will be doing more. But a week. It, man, from the first steps that we took into that first podcast studio to now, look how far we've come, yeah, we've and, come and we've had a crazy year with ups and downs and. This past week just goes to show both of us new listings yeah, going bro. up. Oh yeah, yeah. It's been a yeah. good week for us. Um, so, uh, why don't you talk, tell me a little bit about your listing? Uh, okay, so we got Crazy Junction, giant uh, two and a half story, semi. That's the best you got, man. That's a, I'm a <laughs> that's good your, realtor. That's you, you, your should, you should use me as your, as your realtor. <laughs> How's your listing going? It's a giant. No, le- legit though, it is. It is a, it is <laughs> a giant semi. Just, you should buy it. It's a. It's a. It's a pretty bomb, like Victorian. It is pretty. It's a great. Price. Like nice. I was of, looking through it today, and I was like, "This right? is a it's steal." At like this price. fully 2,500 livable square feet for giant. You know, a million one in the junction. Uh, two and a half story. Is it split? It's right now. It's two units. Yeah. So they've got it as like a two bedroom plus a loft upper kind of thing. Okay. Cool. Uh, and then the basement and main are together, so you kind of go in through the back. They got like a little pond situation, like a little koi fish yeah, I saw garden the in the back. No, it looks really um, cool. So it's like a two bed downstairs, but it could be like a four bed giant home for a family too. It's just, it's like our traditional right. Walk in the front door, your stairs go up, and then. Living room off to the side where you'd convert into like three units if we did a lot of that with the same. What's the market rent for both of those? That rooms? whole place probably like six grand. They they had the upper rented for three before, uh, and we were just trying to figure out listing wise. We ended up getting the tenants out for the listing, which made life easier, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they were paying three G's upstairs, and maybe not quite six, maybe like fifty five, fifty six, something like that. To be conservative, Lower's not quite as big. Yeah, I mean, COVID numbers are a thing. But uh, yeah, no, that's a, it's a good one. That it's, is, a it's good huge. One. Like it's it's just a what's the list? Giant house, one one. Offer date next Wednesday. College boy. I yeah. mean, this will probably be out after <laughs> the offer date, anyways. Uh, Close early. We'll see. We're uh-huh. gonna, we're gonna have to have a schedule for that too. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. We're fi- and then we got uh, we got our. If you listen back to episode whatever the hell it was six five seven something like that, that's six seventy one house. Our uh, our oh episode my God, with that was during our first episode. right our episode with Marco. That's I think great. it was like episode eleven or something that's with crazy. Marco was shot in this house. That's uh, <laughs> that's going up probably in like three weeks. The tenants just moved out, and this was not intended to be a flip. I don't know. Some of y'all might have seen my like salty ass uh, Instagram, oh, story Instagram story <laughs> when I first walked back in the place. These guys, and this is to say, like this can happen to anybody, right? Uh, you you gotta vet your people. And if you kind of take a misstep, and even if you do vet them right, there is a chance that one of them pros kind of sneaks their way into your house. And we got uh, we got COVID burned, if you will. So they, they moved in. They paid kind of first and last. And literally, it was like COVID the next day. And Ford was like, don't pay your rent if you can't afford to blah, blah, blah. He never said that, actually. Right. He said to pay your rent. Yeah, well, no kidding. But He's like, pretty good with that. No, the first, the first round, it was like, if you can't pay uh, for groceries or whatever, right? But whatever it was, they were immediately like on the bandwagon of... They're just like, oh, we're not paying sorry, you Sorry, we're not paying. And we're like, uh, uh-oh, it's COVID. LTB's shut down. What There's do we really do? nothing you could have done at that what point. What do we do? Um, and then LTB opened back up and we were able to, like we filed... And very shortly after we filed, like our our paralegal was like the 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 wait time is like ungodly, right? We're looking at April next year for them to even like be out if we're talking about a real eviction. And we're just like, so we're gonna be at a forty thousand dollar, thirty thousand dollar loss by the time they're out. Sick. That's fun. Uh, and then I guess our, our paralegal applied enough pressure, and they were just like, sick. We're out. And then they bounced. It was wild. They te- they sent us a text or an email, 
And they were like, yeah, the keys are in the back, and we're, uh, we left the door open. We're gone. And I was like, uh, well, blessing, yes, thank you. But also, I wonder what it could look like in there. So I had like high wishes and very low expectations, if that makes sense. And then we went in, and it was like, I mean, it's fucking disgusting. They have, there was shit. Like, if I opened one drawer in the kitchen, there was shit sitting on top of, like, the space between the bottom of the drawer, like, the top lip of the drawer itself, and it was still, like, dripping. When I, it was fucking vile. Absolutely vile. The videos you posted were disgusting. There was footprints on the walls, like, sideways, on the walls. Everywhere. Throughout the whole property. Yeah, it was disgusting. The hallway, the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, the bedrooms. I don't, I don't even. I haven't been I back. See the bathroom. But. I haven't been back since. I gotta like. We gotta get it painted and just like tidied, cleaned. A couple little touch-ups here and there. Thankfully, most of the damage is like cosmetic. I mean, pretty much all the damage is cosmetic, right? Yeah. And it's more or less fairly easily fixable. My floors. Your floors. They fucked though. up the floors. Yeah. How do you do that? Like they broke. Anyways, it's a thing. Um, but it's fine because we buy on neighborhoods that are on the up and up. And we buy before they get a, a crazy little appreciation spike. And the appreciation happened. Yeah. So, I mean, the decision, if it were a year ago and this kind of happened and they finally got out, we would have been like, yeah, let's re-rent it and keep on going. You know, we'll keep on keeping on. But it's gone up so much in value. We're kind of <laughs> just like, we each own like a, it's a it's a JV deal, right? So we each own kind of like a little piece here and there. And we can all take out our money and then like two and a half, three times yeah. Even after the loss from I mean, like the tenants, you don't have paying, to talk so about like, the number that you're thinking of. We can. No, we'll I mean I can't. I can't say it now because then I'll get. Then I'll screw myself. Yeah, we'll talk about that when it comes once up in a few sells, few like, weeks or a month. Yeah, hopefully, but it'll be good. Uh, it's we're gonna list that one. We're gonna sell that one. We're gonna make a nice tidy profit, and we'll move on to another project. Yeah, just kind so of everything works out and, in the end. No, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, it was pretty rough over there. So you got those two listings coming up, I guess. And then I got like a whole slew coming from the junction one, like mom, like parents-in-law essentially, and then like their sisters moving back to town, and then because the parents-in-law are selling back to the town. brother-in-law from Sound Boston. Sound like such a townie. No, 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 they live in Boston right now, like the the, mm-hmm. the sister and such. So, so were they moving New Market? No, what do you mean? No, no, no. Toronto. Not the people that are selling, sister of client for the junction listing. Yes. Is moving back from Boston. Yes, yes, yes. To moving back to town. Yeah, to Toronto. Well, town, fuck Toronto. off. Whatever. Yeah, I know. I'm from New Market, bud. <laughs> fuck. Yes, we went to Tim Hortons with our cars, bud. <laughs> it's a turbocharged me hundy, bud. Oh, I wish rip. that last part was a joke, but <laughs> drifted me grandma's Toyota in a Upper Canada parking lot, bud. Also, this is not what city boys used to do. No, because there's no parking lots to drift in. That's why y'all can't drive sideways. Well, hold on. How long did it take for you to parallel park properly? That's fair. That's fair. Andre. Nobody parallel Andre over parks. Here. We go downtown. This guy. <laughs> no, nah, man. I'm about to like, pull throughs. <laughs> parks like a kilometer away, pays for parking. I'm like, where is this guy that comes over? No, me? That's why like, the, the first time I, I like, the, when I started doing <laughs> leasing downtown, I was like, I need to buy a mini. That's my only, yeah. like, just so I could figure out the parking situation. Well, I went from the uh, the Chrysler, which is like a full size boat. I had to drive a boat and yeah, I went I went from that to the Infinity, and the Infinity's mm. like, I fit it everywhere. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. I'm like, this is the best. It's so easy to park. Yeah. So funny, though, the differences. Like, anybody not born inside Toronto has a, has a, problem uh parking it, yeah. it's across oh, when the board I, when i like didn't... i'm looking at you andre <laughs> <laughs> it's okay same fam same when i didn't live in toronto and then like came down to visit for example i would do the same thing i'd park in a green pea like i would pay 20 bucks a night just to just so i didn't have to parallel park i was terrified it's tough especially before the invent I mean, of like backup cameras backup and stuff. cameras are huge though that's yeah. the best thing ever yeah. makes parallel parking so and the, easy and the mirrors that like tilt down when you hit the reverse you don't have those <laughs> this fucking guy <laughs> hey, Jesus Christ <laughs> just looks me straight in the face you don't have those because <laughs> well, I mean maybe you do actually no you got that tech I don't think package so. no, see, there I don't you go so. I'm just just spinning whatever like it is. most of us don't have that fill it's kind of standard whatever in 2020 Anyways. I mean I don't have Apple CarPlay and that makes me sad I wish I did so my listing yeah sorry tell me about your life yeah pretty exciting too 
It's been a good week that just working lib. with some uh, working with some buyers. A, a couple really cool deals popped on the market, and uh, there's one that we're we're kind of looking at um, before it's listed, so it's off market right now. Oh, but yes. uh, yeah, that one's kind of it's interesting. I mean, it's pretty average price for the area, but it's it's a good uh, it's a good deal, and you know if mm-hmm. we can close it, great. If not. There's other deals. Of, yeah, there's a bunch is actually popping on the market right now. I just told my uh, some of my investors that now is actually a good time to start looking with interest rates so low. And actually, there was an influx in the last couple of days of properties in of central. Uh, I wouldn't even say central. In the pockets that we look at for investments, yeah, yeah. which are the, I would generalize it into two main pockets like in, on the east and on the west side of the city. But a bunch of properties just popped up. So uh it's it's been an exciting week, and uh, also on that note, getting the listing at uh, at Liberty in Liberty Village is uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice listing. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to to you know shoot a video in that one and and uh, create some content there. Um, it, you, gotta, it's, you gotta go fuck around with the dog park, talk shit about uh, the bridge that's been sixteen years. The bridge to build. is getting built. It's so this this unit at one hundred Western Battery Road is overlooking that bridge oh good yeah and it's almost built so i mean uh i mean the units it's gonna be great uh it's it's gonna be huge it's oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay we can wrap we can wrap we're good we're done <laughs> we're done sorry i said the great part and i was like oh my god I sound uh, like such a, yeah. anyways well no it's gonna be it's it's gonna be good and uh well. shoot a dog park video bro talk about dogs literally highest dog per capita in the world we already shot the dog park there Obviously, you don't yeah, watch my it YouTube videos as part of the listing video. Hi, my name's Spiro Resellis. <laughs> Does Gary V not talk about the same shit repeatedly all the time to drill the same message in? I mean, no, he doesn't talk about dog parks. But like, <laughs> that's true. The same, different people, different, different clientele. That's for true. Liberty that is true. video versus random Liberty. Yeah, we also video. we also kind of worked on the uh, mark on listing again. I, I mean, mm. it's still it's still on the market right there. When you get in that price point, I mean, it, it's still a little sits. bit slower. Yeah, it's especially now, a bit. right? COVID especially life. now. Exactly. So, uh we're just uh trying new marketing strategies out there. Not really. Okay, sorry. Not new strategies, but we're implementing new strategies They're, for your individual listing. Exactly. They, these aren't brand new top of the, you know, crazy what's a, what's a groundbreaking. What's a groundbreaking strategy? YouTube. No, it's Videos. Not groundbreaking. Yeah? I mean, new. Like, never done before. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's rewind. Never <gasps> done before. Okay. You look at people's, I'm um, people's, realtors YouTube or media videos, mm. and I fall asleep within 13 seconds. Unless it's like... It's literally like, welcome to my property at this address. And then it's like, do, 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 do. And it just shows pictures oh, yeah. of the place. And it's like, okay, well, I really don't care. No, it's, Sorry, that's, that's I, I really a, don't care about this right that's, now. That's not even a virtual tour. That's like, it's one of those... Um, like it's just a slideshow. Where they it's zoom just a out, slideshow. with music. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. what? Like, what do you... Yeah. Who's going to want to watch this? Unless no, I'm man. actively looking at that property to buy it and then that pops up and I'm like, ah, okay, cool. You know who has fire listing videos? Aditya. I don't know if you've seen a bunch of his. his, his like, yeah. on the couch, just, like, hanging. Just hanging, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I envy... He's a, he's his, a chill guy, man. Videos. We have to get him on one day. We we spoke Hondo to him, a, like, last year about it and then, obviously, we took our hiatus, Rona. but... Uh, I mean, that both. too. I guess both, Rana. but uh, yeah, he's doing really well there, and Marco's doing really well too. Keeping in touch with them, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting to see what they're up to as well. I mean, it's exciting to see all of us as a, as kind of a group. I mean, I know definitely totally different paths and totally different circles, but the connection between us and just seeing how they've grown and how we've grown in the cool. same it keeps time keeps everyone is, going. Mm-hmm. Keeps, keeps yeah, all moving and, in the right and direction. Uh, I, I've had this conversation with Marco specifically, but you know. Watching what he, him and Aditya do mm-hmm. tr- pushes what I do as well because I'm I, I, Aditya every week has a new episode out oh, yeah. and it's a great content he and fires uh, off the content. Good. Yeah, it's and this, now uh, kind of matching it. I saw him on. I, I've been getting these ads lately for. I think his name is like Mike Sherrard, the uh, the purple BMW realtor guy. He was on different podcast. Uh, uh, get shit done. GSD mode. Whatever. I don't know another real estate podcast recently. Cool. He, he was. Talking about his like YouTube strategy, and then this guy's stuff starts to fire off at me like his YouTube ads, and then I'm scrolling through. I'm like, okay, shit, this one almost got me. The course looks decent, right? It's between that one and Ryan Serhant. So like, Ryan mm, Serhant, I'm gonna sign up. I'm definitely gonna do it. Okay. Um, 
and but I'm scrolling to the bottom, and one of the testimonials has got a DT's face on it. Really? And I was like, oh fuck! Now I know why your shit's so good. Because he listens. So I got to do both. No, it's because you can't not do Sir Hands. I think you just got to do. I, I so my my whole marketing strategy when it comes to listings is mm. market it as much as possible, and I think using online portals is the best way to do it. So Instagram. But mailers are not a thing. I, I mean, hold okay, on. there are things. There's still like, a thing. They're not. It's a the, different type of marketing. Dollar value. So yeah, if you're if you're sending out mailers, odds are for your property. I mean, that's great as a seller. You're excited about that mm-hmm. because it shows that the realtor is taking money, usually out of their pocket. Sometimes it's out of the seller's pocket, mm-hmm. but usually out of the realtor's pocket to fully advertise that listing. So yeah, it's a good sign and. More people usually in the area the listing is yeah. are going to see that it's for sale. Now, those people probably already know it's for sale because it's their area. But two blocks over, Susie Sue, who lives in 64, whatever, doesn't know that that house is for sale. So, Susie. yeah, Susie Sue. God damn it. But her cousin might want to buy that property. So it's a good marketing Susie's strategy. Susie's cousin doesn't want to live near Susie. That's true. Susie Sue sucks. Yeah. Sucky Susie Sue. That's what they call her. Oh, maybe I do want to live near Susie. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, talk, okay. tell me, so, tell me more about so, uh, your listing strategy. Okay, so yeah, so so I mean that's a good, it's a good strategy. It's used, but I would argue that it's it's beneficial for both realtor and for this the yeah. selling yeah, listing. Yeah. It's, it's a very it's tangible, a it's tangible marketing exactly. strategy. But the 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 dollar per lead situation. All about that online but so online I, I think it's not even the efficiency it's the quality of the content mm. so when you send out a flyer with a picture and a few words and usually they're super cheesy like oh, i'm the best realtor you can list with me and save money like it literally here's, doesn't here's my calendar it, with a magnet on top I, yeah like it's it's fine actually the calendars are kind of cool because people use them there's very big you you like you don't take in how many people actually have a calendar on their fridge? Hmm. So it, it's it's interesting, but that's totally that's like a little that's more for realtors. I'm talking about like, actual listings right now, yeah, right? So yeah, like yeah. marketing yourself as a realtor, totally different thing. You can use marketing listings to versus, market yourself versus the actual listing itself. The yeah, actual okay. listing itself, right? Mm-hmm. So when you see quality content that's posted, right? That's not just a you know slideshow because slideshows mm-hmm. are literally grade seven PowerPoint presentations. Our slideshows. Like, Are you doing PowerPoints in grade seven? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty young. Damn. Yeah. So it's it's way more advanced than that, right? Mm-hmm. It's making quality content of the agent, either the if the sellers want to be in it, which typically they don't. Fairly, they're probably, yeah, they're yeah, probably yeah. not. But the agent, if you add personality to that listing mm-hmm. and you go in and you explain how cool it is and what you can do with the space, then instead of looking at slideshows and being like, I don't like where they put the couch. I don't want to yeah, look at yeah, it. Yeah. You can say, look, there's a couch here, but if you move it here and put the TV there, it's a total different space. And, mm-hmm. it, and you paint the picture for the potential buyers. So I really do believe in Instagram mainly and YouTube as as very strong portals of, yeah. of showing what you have, what you have to offer. And it makes it a lot more exciting too. So 100%. I think- 100% is the best way to put it. 100% uh, accurate. 100%. 100%. It's the way to go. I think uh, gone so so if, if there was a transition like you said, you know, groundbreaking marketing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a buzz excuse me, this is the Papa John's. It's a kind of a buzzword, right? Groundbreaking. And it and it sort of went from, you know, farming your area of sending out flyers to every single door every single week for mm-hmm. years. To you know, maybe in the newspaper, maybe taking out TV ads as some realtors do, maybe bus stops, maybe you know, it, it went through so that are whole you process. About a listing into specifically, I'm, I'm about talking a, about just advertising. A realtor now, now for I'm just talking like about brand, personal brand. I'm just talking about advertisements now. Okay, right, listings. Yeah, you could find them on newspapers. You can find them oh, on yeah. door hangers. Right, that's where yeah. they were typically. Then you started seeing the online content with slideshows mainly, mm-hmm. and that's where it's lagged for me personally. And and. I appreciate the effort that realtors put into the slideshow videos and making content. I know it's tough. I know it's tough to make content. And if if you don't have that certain personality, it's it's really tough to get mm-hmm. by. But it's been so many years of that slideshow content. And yeah. I can guarantee as somebody who loves real estate and has 
a lot of interest in it. And I will go out of my way to actually look at properties every single day. Just I'm not watching these? those. I'm not watching those at all. Yeah, I skip yeah. through them right away. I get ads and I see a guy and, or a girl or a person and they're, you know, whatever. They're doing their thing. They're they're speaking and it's so nice. And I'm like, okay, I'm interested in your listing. Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden I see a minute and a half of slideshow with some like elevator music. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? I feel like you're really hyped up about this. I am. You're really passionate about fuck slideshows. Well, you know what? I, that's not the thing. That's not what I want to. That's not what I come across. I, I don't want to come across like that. Like, I appreciate the effort. I'm saying yeah. I appreciate the effort. There's, but there's no effort. I did a slideshow for the last fucking listing. I, I spent $200, and I sent the photographers through. Oh, no. And see, I clicked see, the button, and I said, give me a slideshow fine. with the music. That's fine. I'm that, not. I'm that not saying that. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying the content-wise of you going in oh, making yeah, yeah, yeah. video of that. That's no, something no, different. That's, I, I think the slideshow like that is 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 fine. I mean, you, you like you said, you spend two hundred dollars, you Just put part it out of the photos. Well, yeah. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm you talking about your actual social media gotcha. of putting in the effort, mm -hmm. going to the property, yeah, having yeah. somebody videotape you, and then only using twenty seconds of yourself talking. Gotcha. That's what I'm talking okay. about. Yeah. And I appreciate that hustle. Yeah, I get no, no. it. You want to do more like an MTV Cribs, like but let's exactly. walk through the house. Like, like, Let me tell you I'm all watching about you. this I'm thing. watching you sell the place. Yeah. I, like, I don't care about the place. There's there's thousands of places I can yeah. choose from. Why would I choose yours? Just because of pictures? Probably not. Right, it's right, about right. how I feel when I see your place. So if you make me feel better about it, mm. I have way more of a chance me personally as a realtor of showing my clients because yeah. i get excited about it but when i just see pictures i'm like all right well i can go search pictures all day i don't need your cheesy mm -hmm. music that's my that's where i'm coming from so Curious. i appreciate the hustle i get it but do better but if you're already gonna be there exactly you already got the camera in front of you you're already at the property go the go, go the, the extra, extra mile. mile go the mm -hmm. extra mile have it done right and entertain me and everybody else because that's what at the end of the day that's what you want you want to be entertained when you're watching something you're not watching something for five minutes to look at pictures and listen to music it's not it's not you know yeah like, i mean every listing's got photos every right? listings ha every listing a has photos. track meteor listing and then i'll look at the photos exactly the photo i mean that's exactly I, I, I it right see there. whether or not that's, i want to that's the marketing strategy right there it's gotcha. attract me so that i can look and learn more mm. you know teach me enough where i'm interested or I, I understand a bare minimum of it, but attract me. So that's where I'm yeah. kind of going from. That's my whole perspective. So we went off on a tangent there. <sighs> there was some passion there. There was because it's it's. I think I want people to succeed. There's enough for everybody to eat in this industry. Hundo P. One hundred percent. There's enough for everybody. So I I, I don't think we're in an industry where. I don't want others. It's to interesting eat, though you know? how how much. I mean that that spins me off into an entirely different direction. Go for it. Uh, but it's interesting how much though the the industry is looked at as a very like dog eat dog, big shark, little fish, enough for me, but get fucked next guy. Mm -hmm. Like many, I mean, I think we're very different in the the way our brokerage operates. Very much as a team. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we're very. Supportive. But you look at the traditional big brokerage i don't know what it is about uh like i don't know maybe it's just the season i've been getting a lot of these like, weird recruitment things lately like from different brokerages yeah. forest hill this and fucking tony yep, k don't, real don't estate's going any. off on their let's not say any we, well, we can't talk about uh, different bro yeah whatever anyways um I'm, they're all firing them out and then you look at like the, then i go okay cool let's let's check out the website right how many agents do you have how do you how many like how can you really support yeah, each individual agent. Each, and then, each one says we're gonna. We're oh gonna yeah, get all here's this our training and blah blah blah. And, and you're gonna you go get to the this website. And there's like 600 agents that work for this one brokerage out of this one neighborhood, and you're like, mm, I don't know, man. Doesn't I, I feel all. like we're not a very. You're not gonna be a real. And like, oh yeah, you team. have a 600 or a thousand dollars a month desk fee. And it's like, well, I don't even care about the fees. Fuck the fees. Fuck the splits. But like, I'm not gonna go to a place, and then there's like zero support. There's zero. Well, that's what it's I mean. Very right? much Think like, about it though. A hundred people work at that you. brokerage, right? Yeah, and you're fighting them, over each other. But none of them are making sales. Most likely, yeah. there's like maybe one percent <laughs> of them. But all of them are paying desk fees. The, yeah. So the company's making money. So what you're saying is, I should start a brokerage and charge no, all the desk start, fees. Don't start a brokerage. No, unless you're. You know, <laughs> I have no volume. fucking desire. There's no point of starting. Zero a desire in my life. Hey. 
Could you explain what is a, de- a desk fee? Oh, or cool. Non real. Uh, so I love that Andre's got a mic now. I was on the mic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so a desk, a desk fee is just a fee that you pay in a brokerage uh, just for working at it. So uh, as an agent, you have to pay a fee. Now, people think m- maybe that's ridiculous, but there's a lot that goes on in a brokerage that needs to be paid for. And uh, brokerages aren't traditionally a, uh, a very profitable. Uh, corporation or, or organization to have. Uh, te- typically, they, it's kind of like not, property management. Yeah, well, they're not making much money unless somebody's paying for something, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, what you're paying for is the back end services. So every time you do a deal, all that system, all the software that you're using, uh, you're you're paying for deal support. You're paying for receptionists. You're paying for uh, training in some yeah. some instances. You're paying for your, your actual desk fee, that's where the term comes from, is uh, traditionally you go into the brokerage and you have a little desk that you can work at, hence that's your desk fee, right? It's like it's like charging rent to use that brokerage. Is, How much is that uh, fee? It ranges. it ranges. So every, and this is why choosing a brokerage, and we're going on a real tangent, but it's why choosing a brokerage is so important. Um, and like the brokerage that fits for the agent and what they want to do as an agent, where they want to go, because the desk fees can range. There can be different splits on your on your deals. So like a lot of people think, oh my God, every agent is so rich. They do this. So they close this house and they immediately get a million dollar house and they get $25,000. Not necessarily true, right? Sometimes there's a flat fee for a deal. Sometimes on top of a flat fee for a deal, there is uh, there's a split. So the agent might take a certain percentage and the brokerage might take a certain percentage. Um, I would say that's the most traditional way. Yeah. The, the split, traditional split way, if you go by, back like 20 years, mm-hmm. you're seeing 70-30 splits. So what a 70-30 split, and this is a rough, obviously they all differ. They all vary. Right? They all vary. But let's say you're the average agent in Toronto. You're looking at 70-30. So that means if I was working 20 years ago and I had a client and I closed the deal, I would get... 70% of that, my total commission. So that 2.5, let's say, to, okay, let's okay. take a step back. Typically, 5% is commission, right? 5% of your deal. Now, half of that goes to the seller, half that goes to the buyer, uh, bro- broker or agent or sales representative, whatever you want to call it, typically. Obviously, that all changes and each deal is different. Mm-hmm. But let's just use those numbers. So 2.5% buyer, 2.5% seller. Right, so out of that two point five percent that I just worked made. for and made, I would get seventy percent of that, let's say, and then the brokerage would get the other thirty percent. So the way it works in real estate is once, let's say, I close a deal, I don't get the money right away. My brokerage gets the money. Yeah, they get paid, and then they pay you. Right. So okay, here is a really dumb question: Why do you no need social. a brokerage? Is Why? It like kind of like an escrow when it comes to or. It's, selling real estate, or? so it's a, it's a place that the license is held, and I'll, I'll be completely honest. They're, they're, I don't know what you know why, why, why you absolutely must have a brokerage, but that's what the way the legislation so it's, is written. It's more about liability, yeah, and, and it's more about laws and regulations. So the brokerage is the actual agent, right? So that's why in mm-hmm. Canada, up till recently, I'm not exactly sure what's happened with the with the naming rights. We weren't allowed to actually call ourselves agents because we aren't technically the agents. The mm-hmm. brokerage is the agent. So let's say you hire me to sell your property. You're actually hiring my brokerage to to yes sell the property. I am the sales representative or broker, depending on my title. So is it kind of like a car dealership equivalent? Um, not really. Somewhat. You could look at it in a similar. You can still sell a car. Uh, no, no, no. You can look at it in a similar, yeah, in a similar yeah. format. Um, I think another point too, being that like, especially in the far more recent years, and this is why, like, maybe going back quite a few years, I was supposed to waive conditions for a deal that already happened. We're good. We're firm, people. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. Anyways. The uh, going back quite a few years, like a lot of people, individual agents that were maybe high performing agents, didn't want to car, you know, cough up some of those splits, would go and start their own brokerage. And then they would be like a single agent, single brokerage, but they would have all of like the, they'd build in the back end so they could function as both. Nowadays, there's a lot of discount brokers, if you will, like cheap that charge just a cheap desk fee or just a cheap deal fee instead of a percentage basis on your deal. So if you do enough volume, it might just make sense to go with those people. But then again, they're all so different. Do you want the support that one brokerage provides, or do you want to do everything yourself but go to a brokerage that costs you know very minimal? So let's 
if you take a look at it from two different perspectives, you can look at it from the sales representative's perspective or broker's perspective, mm-hmm. or you can look at it from the actual customer or client's perspective, right? Why would you choose a big name over a, a little name or the cheap brokerage or sorry, relatively cheap meaning there are some brokerages that don't charge big fees and they don't yeah. have the big name or the bo- boutique brokerage. We work for uh, boutique. a boutique brokerage, yeah. right? So why choose either one? Well, it's kind of like the reason you choose Colgate versus another toothpaste brand. It's because there's the big brokerages that everybody knows their name because all their money goes into marketing and the, the brokerage is making money and they're the big machine with a bunch of sales representatives. Mm. So like a Nordstrom, like a, you know Walmart. It's kind of like you go to Walmart, not for the people who work at Walmart, but it's because you know Walmart. You know that, right? Mm. But why do you go to the mom and pop store? It's because... You know their service. You know what you're getting, and and, and uh, oftentimes and, you know the people. You know the people, and and what they're giving you adds value to your life. So yeah. that's the difference there. And I'm not saying that agents that work for big companies uh, aren't very good or don't give you that quality of service. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's just a numbers game. There are a lot more agents that work at the big companies than there are at boutique. Uh, um, brokerages, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's a good boutique brokerage, odds are that the people that work there are quite talented. If it's a good, big name, large brokerage, well, you never know. You're you're kind of, you think it is, but it's just the name, right? So that's what I'm just saying is you always have to do your research as a customer, right? That's from the customer's perspective. Yeah, look at the agent as as a human, as an individual, the, the, the person that you're working with, not the brokerage name. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, I think that's where things have definitely, you know, you kind of notice things are starting to shift maybe a little bit more to the, the boutique side of things or yes. like the individual agents starting to take a little bit more of a lion's share and like the, the big name as a brokerage not being holding so much power anymore over the, the little guy, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, you, you work, you're working with the person. You're not working with the brokerage. Exactly. But then you go to a boutique brokerage, let's say like ours, who I'll, yeah. I'll say is Elevate Realty. That's where we both work. And you know you're going to get quality investments every time you go to this brokerage. No matter who you work with. I mean, pending. Yeah, there are our, some agents that don't. Ours is probably a, a very unique scenario where we're, we're ours not is just unique. the brokerage, right? It's, okay, yeah, you are you are working with beyond just the agent, right? You're, you're, you're working, working with, with the whole team. The leasing. The leasing side, you're working the with the property, property management, management. Which is another, right? yeah. yeah. There's, so there's so there, there are reasons to go for each. Now, on the, on the sales representative side or broker side, now sales representative and broker – somewhat similar it's the same so so right now for example i'm considered a sales representative and so is phil but i'm taking a course that i'm about to finish to be titled a broker what that means is that i can start my own brokerage practically that's the difference it's you have a little bit more liabilities if you start a a brokerage but realistically in practice it's pretty much the same thing just a little bit more courses that a broker did but yeah, yeah it's not a, it's, it's not a big difference right you don't need it now on on that end it's why would you want to work for the Colgate brand you know the big brand or the boutique brand now it's what they're giving you how much do you have to pay to go to the Colgate brand usually they're pretty high desk fees to go to somewhere like that it's because you get their whole marketing package right so that big brand is already known if somebody comes up to you and asks hey oh you're a realtor where do you work and you name that Colgate brand they're gonna be like oh I immediately know what you do and that you're with a reputable company interesting right? this kind of happened to me recently it's it's happened it, to it, every uh, bro, uh, it realtor happened to me here like at this house we were really? in the backyard and the neighbors had some homies over and one of them was a realtor and he because he's a realtor and I would have done the same thing he saw that this house sold recently he immediately knew what we paid for it which is also just a fun side topic he's <laughs> like oh you guys got a great deal and I'm like yeah I know I'm also a realtor and he's like boom get into the conversation I work for blah 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 number one team in this neighborhood and it's uh, I don't even know what it was Remax Hallmark I think it was and then a yeah. certain team under Remax Hallmark I'm like yeah I work for Elevate Realty heard of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no fuck no of course you haven't yeah. but we are very good at the thing that you probably haven't thought of exactly and that's that's the whole difference right yeah. some agents are or sorry some sales representatives or brokers are going to be geared towards going to somewhere that will do all the marketing for them mm-hmm. and they just have to be a they just have to put in their hours put in their work and it's going to come even though that's not how real estate is at all real mm. realistically it's it's pretty not cutthroat, but it's very unpredictable unless Can you be. are, 
you know, unless you're unless you're grinding and you just keep your head down and keep doing what you're doing. So finding good deals, uh, marketing yourself, and showing why you'll work really hard for your client. So that's that's the main thing is if you're going to be a realtor, and I know this is turning into you know giving tips on realtors, which yeah. We're, we're building in our own competition, but it's fine because, as you said earlier, there's enough to go around. There's enough to go around, definitely. Sorry, Andre, you had a question. and uh, So here's another dumb question. <laughs> dumb questions with Andre. Like, yes, segment. the title of the episode, Dumb Questions yeah. with Andre. Why do I even need a realtor? Can I sell house by myself? You absolutely can. And if I can, what are the pros and cons of that? Are you trying to make me go bankrupt here? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, you you absolutely can, um, and I think the pros and cons. I mean, the the cons being, if you don't, there, there's a lot of people, especially coming from the investor space, like the investor background. A lot of people will buy off market properties, buy them privately. Part of the whole sales pitch is, hey, seller, you don't have to pay a realtor, so therefore I can offer you less. Um, but it's a it's a comparable pair. Like you're netting the same amount of money. The I suppose the the issue comes in, in that if you're not versed in real estate trading, real estate buying and selling, et cetera, you don't know what to look for, what to miss out on. Um, there's, I mean, there's that aspect. You can get burned in that way. Well, that's the but the MLS sorry. being a big other other piece of the puzzle. So like trying to get your actual listing on anywhere but Kijiji and Craigslist requires use of a few specific services. Um, getting on MLS, the easiest way is through uh, is through a realtor. But there are other discount. I won't call them brokerage. I guess in theory they are brokerages, but they're more of like a discount service that will post your listing online yeah. for like a flat fee. Um, and while it's a little bit frustrating as a realtor to work with them, every time I've seen one of those, I've kind of just been like, cha-ching. There's, there's some money to be made there because I know the other person on the other end isn't incentivized to do the client best in like to do work in the client's best interest right yeah um but yes to, to long long answer or short answer you you absolutely can work uh like work in a private way to sell your own home uh probably more common back in the day but yeah. i would never i honestly would never advise it and that's not because i am a realtor that's because i think it's a ridiculous thing to ever do and and the reason being is unless you are full-time in real estate and you spend eight to 12 to 15 hours a day in the market and learning about the trends and learning mm -hmm. about what to look at and constantly searching properties, you have absolutely no clue what you're doing, right? You so, can... So sorry, when it, comes, when it comes to buying or selling? Both, both, both. Mm -hmm. Selling, you can list it and you see that, okay, this one sold for this and this one sold for this. So therefore, mine needs to be around here. And you can be copying them totally wrong. I mean, the comp on its own, it might seem like a relatively easy thing to do, but have you walked the properties? Have you seen all what's what's out there? Do you know how much everything costs to go in a property? Do you know that your one-car garage is not worth mm -hmm. as much as a two-car garage with front pad parking? So, right? Do you know that new electrical is very valuable and that yours is old? Do you know that? Like, there's so much more. And then this is obviously I'm saying the most basic things that yeah. popped in my head. But there's so much to it that hiring a professional. It would be like, again, writing a will without a lawyer. <laughs> like, yeah, you could do it. I, was it going to work out? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Quite possibly. I think, you but know what's do you really want to roll that dice with a million-dollar purchase? I, mm, I think if not, you do, go ahead. But as Phil said, every time I see that is when I'm trying to make my moves because I know that person yeah. has no clue what they're doing. Of course, I'm going to try to buy I mean, it from them. It's similar to, to, to like two Either other way. aspects. Like for, for us, okay, we talk about how to be realtors and blah, 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 whatever. There's 52, 50, whatever thousand realtors in, in Toronto, right? Part of as a as a very full time realtor, you start to learn who's active in a neighborhood and who's not, and it's very similar aspect to knowing someone is not a very full time realtor. Knowing someone is like you got this listing from your aunt's cousins, whatever, um, and being able to take advantage of someone who's not full time in the industry who doesn't necessarily understand all the things that you were just mentioning, right? I see that at a bare minimum. On, yeah, I see that fairly frequently, and I kind of say, okay, well, this is a good deal. Now turn that up to eleven when you're not a realtor at all. Now that's not to say that it's impossible for some people, because there are many people 
that are very capable. There's a lot of data services out there that you can go and pull your own comps. Uh, if you're, let's say, like a full-time investor and you know what you're doing, you could be your own best weapon to, to sell the house and save yourself 5%. Uh, but what I see more often than not is, I mean, let's say flipping companies. Very often you have a an investor, let's say, and someone got their license just for the sole purpose of buying and selling their own homes. But their job is not to be a realtor. So they don't know the market, the trends, the ups and downs. They're just there to save on commission. So I'm going to save commission by buying my own house. Well, I mean, okay, you get it back in your pocket, but you don't really save anything. Or I'll save commission by selling my own house. Now, I've, I've made this mistake before by selling. Sorry, just a quick question. How much does it cost to get a real estate uh, license in Canada? I think we're about, a, I don't know, a few grand a year. I think I paid a three, four grand in courses. I, things have changed because the courses have s- since shifted from... It's not so much the courses. It's, it's, it's the annual. Yeah, so, so like we just said, the desk bucks, fees you're paying could vary from wherever, yeah. whatever it is per... Some people are five, six, seven hundred dollars $700, maybe more. But you, you're looking at... I, and I just recently calculated this because one of my friends asked me, mm. and you're looking at around eight to ten thousand dollars a year just to carry your license. That seems high. No, that seems very high. Well, what's your insurance cost? What? So you're paying what? Roughly two to three thousand just to be a realtor, and now it's yeah. your desk fees. Now, okay, if well, you're it depends bro- on which brokerage. Exactly. Yeah. If, that, if, that you're, if you're if you're at a brokerage that you're paying like no desk fees, then yeah, it's much yeah, less. Maybe have, it's closer uh, to four or five grand. So like but, if you did like a uh, not a purple bricks, what's the what's the other purple right guys at right at home? Yeah, you can yeah. you can kind of and you a lot s- of part time realtors will go we'll with go something that. like yeah. a right at home with a very low it, desk it's fee. Still going to be though over fee. five six grand. Yeah, it's probably floating around that range. Right? So like, but if you're, you're at a do, regular Colgate brand of of real estate, you're paying mm. eight oh, yeah. plus. You're not gonna so if you're just doing a deal a you know a year or less. It's I wouldn't imagine it's tough. Yeah, it's tough to carry. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily advise just getting it to get it because it's not going to really add any value yeah, to you your life. Use it, but you if gotta, you're if you're doing, let's say you're an investor and you're buying one property a year at, at least, and um, you have the knowledge, maybe yeah, it makes sense. It's a right? Maybe it makes yeah, sense. You're going to make twenty thousand dollars on buying a property for yourself. Sure, go ahead. But you're probably not going to find the best properties because there's guys that do it full time that have already seen the house and put an offer on it by the time you've seen it for the first time. So that's yeah. the big that's the big difference. And same right? thing on the back end. It's more the more I've noticed it personally has been on the sales side of things is like being able to comp it right, listing it right, listing strategies, offer date, no offer date, when to move, when to take the offer, like all that type of stuff that you learn and you know as being a full time active realtor, you just don't have. So it, the question becomes, is it more beneficial to just pay the fees, like pay the pay the commission, and then likely get a higher sale price? Or are you good enough to make up the difference, right? And there are absolutely some people that are good enough to make up the difference. Well, I'd be intrigued. But I would say a majority probably are not. I don't know these stats offhand, uh, but uh, but I wonder what it is, what the difference is of selling the property on your own versus selling the property with a realtor. I don't know how what do you, mean? you could like even find the closing it. ratio or the, the no, percentage like the, the price, of the price average difference. price difference. Because I would argue that a, hmm. a realtor, a, a good realtor, mm-hmm. now that's a whole other discussion. And, well, that's why, yeah. Right? Like the, you can hire realtors that have absolutely no clue what they're doing as well. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Well, that's, that's what if I'm If you saying, pass yeah, a course. Aunts, cousins, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Who's got their license and hasn't done a deal in five years. But, um, Sorry, you know. but in theory, who's paying the realtor's fee? The buyer or the seller? seller. The seller is the one paying the, paying the realtor fee. Well, Yes. But you can also mark up the property too. That's exactly oh, it. Yeah. So the buyer is technically paying the seller who pays the yeah. the both the realtors, okay. the 5%. So like technically it's the seller, but it's the buyer's money they're using to pay. So, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> Phil's face. Yeah. I do this for a living and you just, yeah, mm-hmm. anyways. The seller pays to make it easy yeah. out of the money that they just made from the buyer. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> so they just kind get of a paid circle. less money. Yes. But, okay, let's... Let's put a put a stop to that altogether. What happens if the seller is selling at a loss? Then who pays? It's still the seller. It's still the seller. It's always the seller. Yeah. So the seller always pays. Hopefully, I mean, in, in actually, usual no, markets. not always. And this is what this is where these weird private deal scenarios I come up. I failed the test. I went to university. <laughs> and I, I learned never to use words like always yeah. or never. I this know. is just always. I that's guarantee. Always false. 
that I will guarantee. never guarantee shit. Exactly. Um, there you go. No, the so like let's in a private deal. Let's say I put a this actually this happens with wholesalers a lot. Is like okay, who's gonna who's gonna pay the commission of a wholesaler? So like if you're on a, is you're you as a realtor are on a wholesalers list and they send you a deal that's private off market not with a realtor and you the realtor wants to send it to your client well how the fuck do you get paid right so you as the buyer realtor then have to mark it up or negotiate with the seller to pay your commission somehow so like that can be a thing as well sometimes you have to negotiate with your buyer because you got them such a good deal that they've got to pay your commission because nobody else is gonna do it so like I won't ever say always, right? There's always yes. There's sometimes no scenarios. I, I, I'll admit that I made a mistake <laughs> there by using the term always. Canceled. Yeah. No one's listening to this podcast after that. I know. That's I that's what turned fool. them off. That's what cut it. I made a fool of myself <laughs> for the terminology I used, and I apologize. I guarantee sincerely. you that Spirit will always say dumb shit. <laughs> I guarantee you, Phil. I'll leave that in the comments. <laughs> okay, so here's another question. So yesterday I was watching Matt McKeever uh, TikTok. <laughs> if you don't know, that's a YouTuber. He's an investor in Shut London, up. Ontario. And basically he said that it's, it is very important, very, sorry, very difficult to find an investment property in Toronto. No, no, he didn't say that. He said it's impossible, I'm pretty sure. Did okay, he use those okay. words? Yeah, impossible. He said you can't do it. Well, yes. well, he said that it's almost impossible to cover your mortgage uh, with rental. That hurts me deeply. <sighs> that hurts me in so, my soul. Uh, what are your thoughts can I, on that? Can I get the whiteboard out and just do some? Actually, it's not a whiteboard. Honestly, it's a you go because you guys know how I felt about that whole <laughs> video. It was just, <laughs> uh, I hated it. I hated it so much. That it's um. It's an interesting topic that comes up frequently. Toronto, Vancouver. Actually, I saw it on Bigger Pockets recently too on a forum. Someone tagged me. Shit, I forgot to respond. Bad agent, <laughs> Phil. Bad. Um, but they were like, "Hey, homie, can you cash flow? And if I was a new guy, could I do? Should I do Toronto or Vancouver?" But anyways, first of all, every single city under the sun, I don't care where you are, has an investment strategy. It might not be the same investment strategy to buy cheap houses with the 1% rule and cash flow super positive, but it might be a very speculative strategy. It might be a cash flow negative strategy, but there is an investment strategy of some variety, right? Uh, now, can you cash flow? I, think, I believe was the specific question. And I've had this conversation a lot with quite a few people <laughs> through quite a few circles. And I was a convert myself. I, for one, did a lot of the Oshawa, a lot of the Hamilton, a lot of the Barry, and never kind of, okay, I, you know, from, you know, drifting my Toyotas in the new markets, homie, <laughs> I never came to Toronto and knew that it could cash flow. Uh, and then my eyes were opened. Yeah, it's definitely I, possible. I think part of the, the part, part of the reason people don't understand is they just look at the prices and they don't actually realize how much different the rents are. Like, especially for someone like McKeever, like anybody who knows how to run just quick math on a rental property, if you understand what the property costs and what it will rent for, and the probably the missing piece here in a lot of a lot of times that people look at Toronto is how to convert it or how to change the current use of the property to its highest and best from a cash flow perspective seems to be like the the missing piece of the the puzzle there people just kind of like well it looks like this so therefore you can't um yeah yeah it cash flows okay it doesn't cash flow as a single family it doesn't cash flow when you buy a condo but when you buy an eight hundred thousand dollar nine hundred thousand dollar house and you rent the upstairs for three grand in the basement for fifteen hundred bucks you're gonna cash flow positive it's, yeah. it's and pretty, in some instances, you're cash it doesn't flowing need a significant be, amount. It doesn't have to be gigantic, but I mean, my last few were both over fifteen hundred bucks cash flow until the tenants stopped fucking paying. <laughs> but different strategy. The appreciation was astronomical and yes. not something that you would see in a market like a. I mean, it. I will never say it's impossible, but like not something that you would traditionally see in a market like a London or a Kitchener or a Waterloo. Yes, like or huge. A, or a Hamilton. Think about it. You're buying a three hundred thousand. Probably two hundred thousand dollar home, whatever mm -hmm. the price is, two hundred thousand dollars, and it appreciates to two fifty. That's a huge appreciation. Yeah, and it's fifty thousand dollars in Toronto. You buy a house for eight hundred thousand. Now it's a million dollars. That's two hundred thousand dollars. 
And I think part of the, right? I mean, part That's of the $200,000, maybe not struggle, but part of like the reason that the Toronto ends to up entry. being attractive, well, one barrier to entry is a whole other situation. Yeah, you need 200 grand why, minimum to really like, be in the conversation. I talk to guys that do a lot of the the local markets outside and they're like, yo, well, our, our clients are coming to us with approvals of like 500 grand. Right, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's most people in yeah. that that are going to be able to purchase have purchase power in that range. So you buy a condo. So you're a well, it's not even. Let's not even get the condo. Buy a condo. Space. Buy a condo. Anyways, um, if you can, the barrier to entry, yes, is huge. I uh, don't even remember where I was going. I was going off on a tangent, and then you hit me with the hit me barrier with the condo thing. No, I wasn't even going to say barrier to entry. It's a pretty big one, man. I know it is. I was saying a benefit. Benefit doors. 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 People get People real fucking horny about how many doors <laughs> they own outside the city. That's true. Um, and there are some. I mean, I think Monica talked about it on her episode with her, thank God, uh, about the benefit of owning fewer, right? You don't need to necessarily be flexing your door boner all the time <laughs> just to just to show that you're a dope investor because you have X amount of doors. To me, that just says X amount of headaches. Right, I've been a property manager for way too fucking long in the past to know that like I would rather have maybe less cash flow. I'm not going to argue that the cash flow per dollar spent, like the cash on cash on a monthly, isn't better outside of the city. Absolutely, if you're getting you know slightly lower rents but half the purchase price or a third of the purchase price, great. You're going to have pretty high cash flow. Um, but you don't have the ability to say, I'm going to let this one tenant, two tenants in a property sit in it and ride. And, you know, it's going to cash flow positive, but it's also going to appreciate like crazy on a million dollar purchase. And the appreciation rate, if, you know, both are held similar, it's still going to create more wealth on a, you know, annual basis. I think, I've- I think the one thing about that whole crowd there, the Matt McKeever crowd, and, and first of all, let me just start this by saying, Super successful. I would say he's a smart guy. I love his content. Like I, this is nothing against him at all, or that that crew at all. But it's like what you were saying. It, it's the headache side of things mm-hmm. that they don't account for, right? And and, and you. Oh, well, I'm and sure they account it. for it. They they know they must. I mean, in the videos. But, so yeah. so so like, you post a video saying. This is what I'm, I make a hundred thousand dollars a month on rent. Okay, but what are all your expenses? You own a hundred doors. I guarantee you, there is constant work being done on the properties. Constant handymen, constant tradespeople going through, and that number isn't as sexy as it initially seems. You know, you can say, "Oh, I make in Toronto, I make sixty grand a year on rent." Okay, great. But yeah. what did you spend? What's your mortgage? What are your expenses? Actually, what are all the what are all the renos that you had to do on the place? Most of the time, more, real estate yeah, deals more, more will doors. break even, and that's great. That's great if you're making actual positive cash flow. And I'm talking about anywhere, meaning okay, monthly you can be making fifteen hundred dollars or two thousand dollars wherever you are. Great, that's awesome. And by the time your year goes by, that's twenty plus grand. Awesome. Now, how much did you spend back in the property? Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was none this year, but maybe in two years you have to change your roof. Well, there goes a full year. And now, what if you right? got a hundred single family homes with a hundred roofs? Exactly. With a hundred roofs, with a hundred leaky basements, right? Yeah. With a bunch of tenants who half leave. Well, to, now be, it's COVID. to be fair, we probably have more leaky basements in Toronto, but like. But whatever so it is, right? They're, so they're there old. are so many different things that pop up. So, in, in my perspective, when I think of investments and when I look at real estate as investment, I don't look at it as a quick cash flow model. I think thirty years down the road, when it you know when yes. my amortization period is over and my mortgage is paid off, and then I'm just making pure profit. Sure, great, I can live off that. That's that's fine. But right now, for me to live off it is a huge gamble to take because there are so many costs that may pop up that it would be foolish just to rely on that as an income. So, and this comes back to different cities, different investment models. Exactly. Right? There is a pure cash flow play for some and that are comfortable doing the whole fire on cash flow and being in great shape. Toronto, I don't think is a is a super cash flow heavy place, but it is a great place to build safe wealth right these these properties are you know very fairly insulated there's only so many freeholds in a certain pocket in a pretty you know attractive globally market um and you also have i don't know just like it's just safe cash flow is defense to me 
Like cash flow is not what pays my bills. Exactly. It's what keeps me from having to pay for the property. Exactly. And that's uh, the best way to I, put I it. I think that's the that's the safe way to look at our model. And now, I mean, I'm sure and actually Rochelle, who was on our episode a while back, has said the same thing. She said the Toronto doesn't cash flow thing in uh, in many different places because that's how she gets her investors, right? We all kind of pitch what works best for our model. That's true. If the image of Toronto being incredibly unaffordable, which I'm not going to lie, for most it is. Yep. Uh, but if, if that image, if, you know, perpetuating that image helps you push clients into your niche, that's what you're going to do, right? And if us bantering about other people perpetuating the image of Toronto not cash flowing uh, and to, to argue with that Good pushes words, people man. into our niche. I'm not even sure if I'm Bandering using the word correctly. Let's, let's be real. I'm probably not even using it right. <laughs> I was I, but, I impressed you there. <laughs> <laughs> but if it gets people, you know, into our niche, fuck it, whatever, right? We're all in the same game. We're Yeah, it, it's a sales model. All I'm marketing. saying is there are models that work in every market. Yeah. Don't be foolish to say it doesn't work somewhere. Yeah. And Just don't be do foolish the, to say it math. only works in one certain place. Talk, talk to everywhere. someone. If you want to invest in a certain city, talk to someone who's a pro in that area, who is actively investing in that area. Learn their model. Learn what they do. And then understand and shop multiple, right? If you're not sure what model you want to invest in, what neighborhood, what city, do you want to drive out of town if you live in town? Uh, do you want to move out of town? Do you want high cash flow? Do you want stable returns? Every one of them is going to be different. Figure out which one works for you. They all, well, I won't say all, Detroit, <laughs> but you know they could all do. Actually, I'm sure Detroit's just doing fine right Hypothetically, now. Hypothetically, everything should have a scenario that works out, or yeah. else, or else it would completely fail. Realistically, right. and I, I just had this conversation recently with a future investor, and they they told me they asked me. Do you think that Toronto has less of an upside and mm -hmm. more of a downside risk than going an hour or two out of the city? And I and I kind of asked the question back to them and I said, Well, if the middle of nowhere fails as a city, so let's say and, and I don't mean this as middle, like let's say, use Barry as an example, okay? Mm -hmm. If Barry's whole industry just collapses, and I'm, I'm not talking about Barry at all, it's probably fine and everything's great. But it, let's say Barry just totally collapses. Do you think Toronto's house prices are going to fall? Most likely not. And yeah. if, if they do, by relatively nothing. If anything, they might even increase. Now, if Toronto's house prices fall, do you think berries are going to fall? Or do you think they're going to rise all of a sudden? They're mm. probably going to drop. I would argue that everything outside of Toronto would drop if Toronto totally fell. Oh, if Toronto, like, shit the If bed. Toronto went from 1 million to 800,000 yeah, even. yeah, yeah. Well, why would you buy somewhere for eight hundred thousand well, an at, hour and a half um, away? It I doesn't mean, make 20, sense. What is it? Twenty seventeen, eighteen. Whenever they introduced that uh, the foreign tax, like the the foreign mm -hmm. buyer tax here locally, like I remember quite vividly what happened, like almost overnight. And like York Region is was just starting to pick back up, like near the tail end of last year, catching up to where where it was pre that whole situation. But Toronto kind of flatlined a little bit. It gained a little bit of a dip, but then it held stable and started to work its way back up fairly quickly. Meanwhile, a lot of the outside cities started to uh, like took quite a while. They had quite a big dip and took quite a while to slowly climb back up. But then on the flip side, I, I think COVID has done like it, it's all to say that we none of us know what's actually going to happen, right? With COVID, Co COVID has has flipped the market on its head entirely, and you're seeing this with like rents which I again are not going to stick around forever, right? People are going to come back to the the big metros, but right now now there's a little bit of a an exodus from like I don't want to be in a condo, I don't want to be part of that life. I don't I can work from home, so why don't I go buy somewhere where I can get space? And those markets are having a bit of a crazy influx, which for us is just buying season here. Um and for tenants it's just moving season if you want to stay in Toronto, right? But it, all that to say down it's gonna happen but regardless we're fa we're fairly stable fairly stable we're pretty fucking stable uh, andre do you have any more questions for us Time is in. we're getting late yeah feels so late now up. with all this new studio set up it's, I, it's also dark. pretty late yeah lauren's gonna kill us <laughs> no i think you answered all my questions <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay we're gonna wrap this up then what are you doing this week uh, trying to sell this junction house. 
and then trying to fix up our place. Not gonna lie, that's the that's a pretty high on the list. Nice. Tidy that place up. Uh, get that. Uh, get that listed. And then just hang. Exciting. What about you? Uh, you got, you got so Andre and I are shooting uh, Kensington Market tomorrow. So by Yeet. the time this is posted, it'll probably be a pretty similar time it's that video is out. So if you if you've made it this far, might as well go check out uh, the Kensington Market video. I can't even pronounce Kane, it. Is it Kensington? Kane, the Kensington Market, Kensington man. Market man. Oh, don't do that. That's bad. We're getting <laughs> so, canceled for that shit. Yeah. So go out. Spiro us on on YouTube. Spiro us on Instagram. Spiro Resalas literally everywhere. Just. Type in my name. SP. I've tried. I-R-O, He's like Vrisales. fourteen pages deep on yeah, Google. It's just He's me. the only one I'm that the exists. Only one. Just type in his fucking name. Type it in. You'll find me. Follow me. Love me, and I'll love you back by creating good content. That's all I can ask for. That's how. And Phil, we can find you at philg.re. Hey, there we go. On Instagram. It's easy. That's probably the best way to find don't, you. Don't Phil Gardner. Google Phil. And the kid or other <laughs> weird... We're the only podcast that's going to tell you not to search us. By the time other weird we shoot our next Dr. episode, we may have a new name. So bear that in mind. We might be coming back with a big rebrand. But for now, this is been Phil one. and the Kid. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. This is Phil signing off. Don't do that. Why did I do that? That was weird. Let's never nice. do that again. <laughs> I got to piss like a racehorse. <laughs>